so you, you you've got this. I will choose. I will choose to believe that the movie Cat People is about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Put or it the X Files episode. Te- Tesos dos bichos. <laughs> God damn, no, no, do not bring up that fucking episode of the X-Files, you monster. <laughs> that fucking episode. You can't God bring up damn. cat people without making me Aztec think about that episode. cat evil episode. Ugh. That it's, bad, huh? It's the worst X-Files episode. Moving on. We're, we're talking, uh, we're talking about Blade Trinity, and you're cringing about this. <laughs> yes, it's much worse it's than Blade bad. Trinity. Whoa. Wow. I, wow. For my money, I think FPS is my least favorite X-Files episode. I really fucking hate that episode. Wait, which one? But that's the one uh, where they're, like, stuck in a video game with oh, the... Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that's the William Gibson episode. Okay, anyway. Yeah, it's, the first William Gibson episode is really, really good. Then yeah. he writes another episode where, out of character <laughs> for everybody, all of the men in the episode are super into video games. Yeah. And, there's, and there's absolutely no sense that William Gibson actually understands how video games work. Or the X-Files. And it's fucking awful. Or has any idea there's how an the X-Files works. Wait, wait, oh, okay, okay. I have seen maybe two episodes of the X-Files ever. Are you Whoa. telling me there's an episode of the X Files where that William Gibson wrote, where Mulder and Scully sit around playing video games? No, there is an episode. There is an episode where Mulder and the Lone Gunman are super into uh, a, what's uh, a first person. What's the name of that long-haired guy Langley? who uh, who? No, no, the. John Romero. He's essentially sort of the oh, John yes. Romero of this. He's this, yeah. he's this superstar thing, and he's created this sort of virtual reality, really boring first-person shooter where you essentially just stand and you shoot oncoming things that are literally just driving right towards you. Uh, and But it, it gains sentience, and there's like a lady with a sword killing people in the game, uh, and then... And all of the guys in the uh, thing are, like, losing their fucking shit over this game, even though there's no indication that any of the lone gunmen or Mulder have ever had any interest in video games ever. Hmm. Langley being the only one who you could possibly imagine might want to, like, play video games. Uh, And then Scully saves the day for stupid reasons, somehow. There's also a not very good episode that Stephen King wrote. And that t- this all yeah. ties back into Blade Trinity because Blade Trinity is like a video game and also not very good. So here's a question. Also, there's a chick with a laser bow. Yeah, there's, I would, there's a chick I would, with I a laser like bow. To, I, I would just like to say that entire tangent is entirely due to fault because he brought up Tesla's <laughs> No, That's true, but you did bring up the cat people, although I brought up cats. Anyway, moving on. You brought up cats. Moving it's on to you. when things it's are not my fault you. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would like, because we have joked about it pretty consistently. Can we talk for a minute about Esperanto and why it's in this film and why Incubus is in this film? Because it's the only movie in Esperanto? Okay, but what the... Alright, from what I remember reading the IMDb trivia on this movie, which is something I do after most movies I watch... Well, I remember the three uh, Esperanto things being uh, in that opening sequence where he act- where he's made to kill a guy. There is a park bench or something that says Esperanto. Okay. There's Incubus that for some reason uh, Ryan Reynolds is watching, and then there's the conversation that Whistler has with the one-eyed newspaper stand operator for some reason in Esperanto. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Derek had said that there might also be the Esperanto flag, yes. whatever that may or may not be. Uh, somewhere in the movie as well. So, 
I don't know. I can't explain yeah. that. I guess David S. Goyers really fucking loves Esperanto. My, my, my thought would have been that he decided he wanted Incubus in the film just because for some reason he saw that as being relevant or interesting and then said, oh, shit, what if there was more Esperanto in this film? <laughs> We're gonna make yeah. a difference. Like, guys. I had not, I had not noticed the park bench, and I like, like Derek, I didn't really know what language they were speaking that time. So but, I didn't, I don't even think I necessarily gave it any thought as to what language it might be. It just sounded something European, so I didn't think about it much. But then I was like, that's fucking Incubus, because I'm that's William Incubus, Shatner. But I can, I can fucking recognize can William recognize. Shatner with with English subtitles on the bottom while he's talking in Esperanto. I'm like, why is Ryan Reynolds watching Incubus right now? Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. sort of where the ground zero, patient zero in this thing where somebody went, hey, let's put some Esperanto in this bitch. It's just, to me, it's just another loose end in the script. Like, yeah. even if it was meant as just, like, a throwaway joke, there's almost too much of it there for for that to work awfully well as a, as a throwaway. Like, what, so. what puts it over the top is the, the newspaper vendor scene. If that's not yeah. there, then you don't really notice it. But of course, it's yeah. Better. Like I, I can buy, I can buy that uh, that this wise ass, uh, uh, what's Jigger, um, Ryan Reynolds, Hannibal King, uh, might be you know going around watching shitty. Uh, I can see it. Uh, William Shatner. Sorry, I was distracted because Stefan has just gone away. Uh, <laughs> William Shatner movie. So I feel like I feel like that might, if it had just been that, that would be one thing. But yeah, the. The preponderance of of Esperanto I find confusing. Yeah. One of the other things I found uh, strange is in the just to go back to sort of the issue of communication and how confusing it can be in this movie. Uh, during the FBI interrogation scene, uh, Michael, uh, John Michael Higgins drugs. Uh, Blade. Drugs Blade. Thank you. I apparently don't know what his name is. <laughs> the main character of the film. <laughs> Blade. Uh, and then and then all of the dialogue starts being like really slow. And he's yeah. and it seems like it's an effect of being the drugs. But then he says something else. He's like, uh, these are the end times or something. And it's just fucking John Michael Higgins's regular voice. And then he then it goes back into that same effect. And then Parker Posey comes in and she's talking normally until one line where she has the same effect. And I don't know what, like, up until the point when John Michael Higgins says something normally, I'm like, okay, this is just how they're doing him sort of falling out of consciousness from drugs. But then it just becomes, is this secret vampire talk that they're having that the other people can't understand? Why are they talking this way? What's happening? Yeah, it's really weird because there's nothing to mark us, like, moving out of Blade's subjectivity and into, like, some kind of external state. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, and there's no indication that, like, maybe they're speaking, you know, vampire language vampire or anything. Yes. yes. Which, you know what they should have done? If they really wanted to, they either went too far or not far enough yeah. with the Esperanto, they should have had Dracula speak Esperanto. Esperanto. Oh, the God. universal human language. That wouldn't yes. make any there's... sense. <laughs> 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 Nothing. Fucking. <laughs> Dracula is a Sumerian demon who turns into a bland, bald white man and then wears a shirt that cuts down to his his, uh, navel and wears stupid chains and goes kills people because he eats Count Chocula. But Esperanto, that's 
that's a bridge too far. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be an anachronism, okay? He wouldn't know it. Unless Esperanto, Esperanto actually were like Enochian and had been visited upon its inventors by some kind of deistic, like, super consciousness. Uh, that How does Dracula ooh, know English? The entire time He's that Dracula was down Syria there. Slash Iraq. <laughs> he had nothing to do but meditate and influence the collective consciousness. Exactly. He is the source of Esperanto. Okay, all right. Maybe the inventor of Esperanto, Carl C. Esperanto, um, was a vampire. Tell me that. Maybe that's tell, how he came up with Tell the me language. that's his real name. Tell me that's his real name. I, I, I know for a fact it's not. I have no God idea what the damn, name is. It is definitely not. I believe he's not. Eastern European, uh, but I don't know. And he's, uh, he's, we'll find out. he's he's uh he's Greek and it's Carl C. Esperantos. L. L. Zamenhof. What? That's an incredible name. L. L. Which is Ludwig Lazarus Zamenhof. Ludwig Lazarus Zamenhof is a vampire. Lazarus. <laughs> yes, That's exactly. amazing. And he was born in Congress, Poland, which was part of the Russian Empire. Ludwig Lazarus. Zazen, Zazen. God. Oh, man. Yeah. Call can I just say? Of, can I just say of all the films that we've watched thus far, and I won't get into this too much. We can save it for a final thoughts. But like this one bored me the most. Like I was yeah. bored to tears by. This oh film. God, Hulk was the most boring to me. Hulk, you said, dude. Yes, Hulk. Oh yeah. God, that was. I mean, I've never looked at my watch so frequently throughout a film. Yeah, I would say I would I would agree with dudes that Hulk was boring. The the thing that I'll I'll go with Derek on with this is there's an enormous amount of padding in this film. Like if if you break it down scene by scene, action by action, not a lot actually happens in this film. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I really felt like, like halfway through the film, the nothing had happened. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like. And again, going back to the stakes, it just seems very low stakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even even though it's ostensibly a plot about either the vampires are going to win and take over the Earth, or they're going to successfully kill all vampires everywhere. And it's Blade versus Dracula, which is the big plot that you could have with this character. Yeah, Mm -hmm. all of those things are happening, and yet it still feels like nothing that's happening matters in this movie. Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> wow! Wow! Uh, <laughs> you were real mad about that, Stefan. You brought this on yourself I by think, organizing yeah. this whole podcast. I know it's all your fault. It's all the I mean, part of the boredom though comes from like, yeah, it's bad, but I mean, it's it's competently made like there's yeah. there's nothing so like there's nothing incompetent about it or so incredibly bad about it that it it provides a interesting topics of conversation i mean ryan reynolds only gets you so far <laughs> yeah i mean we are we have not been recording for even an hour and a half at this point i know and we're we're kind of winding up at this point. Yeah, and, and it's we're like... We're out of stuff to talk about. We, we, wa- we, like... I watched for an... I was much I more watched, interested in and... Inter- I watched for an hour. Dude, you still there? Yes. Yes. Uh, I watched for an hour and yeah. recorded three notes, uh, two of which I have already used. They were just quotes 
Uh, actually, all three of them were quotes. Yeah. Uh, and the third one is, just take a taste of the mayhem. Uh, Jesus just, a t- just, a just a taste of the mayhem. From the news report, uh, when, when they uh, show the video of Blade like killing the human... And the reporter says, and that was just a taste of the mayhem that we'll go into, I don't know, something later in depth tonight. And I was like, that, yeah. that does not sound like a, an appropriate thing for a reporter to say about a person uh, being murdered in the street. The uh, it yeah. sounds like a metal band's EP, just a taste <laughs> of the mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there is, um... Uh, like, Howard the Duck was interesting. It was yes. terrible, but it was interesting. The Fantastic Four that Corman did was interesting, at least. Mm-hmm. And there, there's mm-hmm. no meat on this bone. Yeah. And the, the, <laughs> the thing that maybe we could talk about to bring it home, before we get to our final thoughts, is... This is 2004. Mm-hmm. This is the third Blade film. Spider-Man 2 has just come out. Place this film in the context in which it was made. Why the fuck is there no meat on this bone? I... I feel this way about a lot of movies from... Basically, since the late 90s, maybe. Uh, that it's it feels like a cotton candy film, where it's all style and no substance. It... Mm-hmm. It feels like they're... How do I put this? They're making a movie only for the moment in which the movie is made. They are using people who are popular at the time. They're trying to uh, write dialogue that sounds flashy, but ultimately says nothing. Uh, They are... They spend a lot of time focusing on visual effects and cool-looking gadgets that don't play any kind of real role, like Laser Bow. Who cares? It's it, it looks interesting for five <laughs> seconds, and then you're like, this thing makes no sense. It, it doesn't exist in our world. It's There's actually a line of dialogue in the film where someone wrote these words, and then someone else had to speak them. Sound editors had to deal with them. Someone says, it is half the temperature of the sun. Yeah. It, was are yep. we supposed to take this seriously? Is it actually supposed to be half the temperature of the sun? That makes no sense. Is he just exaggerating? Like, is it is it intended to be nonsense that some person is just spouting to someone who clearly takes his job very seriously? Like, what what is going on here? <laughs> Back to you. I mean, and, the, <laughs> and the other thing is, it's an ultraviolet song. And the great advantage about ultraviolet lights in these movies is that it's projectile. You can just fucking shine a, pro- a ultraviolet <laughs> on a vampire. <laughs> you are the green it is a less <laughs> effective weapon than a flashlight. <laughs> yes, they have created an incredibly high-tech weapon that is impossible <laughs> that is less effective. It's a melee UV weapon. What is the point? What is the point? 
We see at the beginning of the movie that his car, that Blade's car, has ultraviolet headlights, which is a really cool idea. This was I a thought. plot was point like, in the first film and the and second the film. Second. Yeah. Yes, everybody is equipped with ultraviolet flashlights in these movies, but they decided, no, we'll make a goddamn ultraviolet Batman. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I really hope that They've any of them taken a projectile weapon no and made it a melee weapon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we keep throwing that word around, and we're not explaining it. <sighs> I'm going to oh guess if anyone is listening to this show, they probably know what a batleth is. <laughs> the, the um, God damn it! The the uh, uh for anyone what? who doesn't, it's a Klingon melee weapon. <laughs> yes. The, the other yeah. thing that uh, this is the reason that I, I bring Entirely up. Un- Reasonable. It's not a good weapon. Yes. Kind of looks This is the reason that I bring up the context. One of the things that I noticed in this film <laughs> relative to the other two films in the series is this is not a particularly violent film. Like, there's a lot of people exploding into ash. But, like, mm-hmm. the first film you had, like, Donald Logue getting his arms chopped off and being this horribly burned character with stumps yeah, for limbs. Or people exploding in clouds of blood. Yeah, in the second film, you had... It, it wasn't quite, like, as out-and-out gory, but it was nasty and slimy, and you had these mandibles fucking opening up and pulse, pussing wounds and shit. And in this one, it's like... Ryan ah, Reynolds he, acting. He, he got burned to death. Oh, Parker Posey's got varicose veins. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for the fact that there was so much swearing in this movie, and probably about at least 50% of it is from Ryan Easily. Reynolds, easily. That is me lowballing it. But, like, if if there wasn't as many fucks in this movie as there was, this easily could be PG-13. So is this an the, attempt... The only thing making it R is the, uh, is the, is the language. Is this an attempt to take what is fundamentally an R-rated character, and has been an R-rated character, and make it more mainstream? Make it appealing to the Spider-Man audience? Because, well, shit, if we don't get Spider-Man numbers, it's not a real blockbuster. Well, if they wanted that, then they should Then why make it an R-rated movie? If the goal was to make it not an R-rated movie, then don't fucking make an R-rated movie. <laughs> we do not need 80 goddamn uses of the F-word from Ryan Reynolds. It's not charming, Ryan Reynolds. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you handsome bastard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point, Stefan. I mean, um, Blade, uh, you know... Blade as this kind of niche character um, being made to potentially serve a, a wider audience, you know, could could explain the inclusion of the yeah. of the other characters. Well, I mean, and certainly, certainly, it seems like they they would they would have loved to have made Hannibal King and Abigail Whistler movies. Mm. And that that's another thing. Like this is. If we, Derek, you've brought this up before. There, there came a point when these things were being made where the idea shifted from we're going to own a film to we're going to own a franchise. And you would think that having gotten three films in, they would be convinced that they owned a franchise. But no, the the such a huge chunk of this film feels like a setup for a Night Stalker spinoff. Yeah, Uh, and and that they would a know that they had a franchise. 
and know to keep the things that worked in the franchise. Yeah. Because that's the thing about franchise filmmaking. You fucking stick to the formula. James, you don't needlessly yeah. kill off the uh, half of the main cast. Yeah, James Bond has been around for, you know, 50 years for a reason. <laughs> you, you mean you aren't anxious for a Q spin-off film, Stephen? <laughs> well, we don't have that option because Patton Oswalt got murdered. And, and I would like to point out that the, the, the biggest missed opportunity is that when they come back to the Honeycomb hideout and they find everyone dead and they have that, uh, what is it, uh, immortality comes to those who seek it or some crap like that, scrawled in blood, they pull back the curtain and it's not fucking Ryan Reynolds. I was so I was like, oh my god, did they kill Ryan Reynolds? That would be the best thing this movie could do at this point. And they fucking didn't. And it would have been thematically relevant because Ryan Reynolds, having left being a vampire, fundamentally rejected immortality instead of seeking it. Mm. Yes. But instead, you have Natasha Leone back there. I'm not sure if that's how her name is pronounced. Might I'm be saying Lion. Okay. Uh, we could we already wrong. established I don't know how names are pronounced. <laughs> yeah. Bachrodom. Bach Rodham. Uh, Bach Rodham. Yeah, I'm really bad. I'm really bad. In the God, please one, make uh, that the tag for this episode. <laughs> can, can, can I just Bach can Rodham. I just po- point out with with Bach Rodham? Can I just point out with uh, Natasha Leone? Her two defining characteristics are that she is blind and has a daughter. Okay, so she has a daughter. That's kind of a plot point, I guess. She's blind. She is the computer expert. She is the one that they make watch the surveillance cameras. <laughs> well, if well, for the, anyone who the, the other thing, have any of you seen the movie Sneakers, the Robert Redford film? Yes, uh, interestingly, the the blind guy in that film, who is also named Whistler, is the computer expert. Yes, although that that makes a bit more sense in the context of phone freaks because there, there I think there were some prominent phone freaks who were uh, deaf yeah. because they had. had uh, or, oh yeah, I'm not. I am not disparaging anything about sneakers. No. Uh, the other <laughs> thing was, uh, I think it was like the second sneakers. Um, oh, uh, I think it was like the second or third scene with Natasha Leone that I picked up that her character was blind. Because wearing sunglasses inside in a Blade movie does not signal to me that you were blind. That tells me nothing. Isn't there She was just wearing all black and wore sunglasses. I'm like, alright, you are costumed consistently with everyone else. Good work. Isn't there a moment when Ryan Reynolds makes some snide comment about Blade's eyes or how he stares or something? And, and yeah, then they cut to him and he's yeah. wearing sunglasses? Yeah, he's wearing wraparound sunglasses where there's no way you can see his eyes. Yeah. And, he, and he makes some comment about, you should blink more. Yeah. <laughs> Which, maybe he shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe a daywalker doesn't need to blink. I assumed that was supposed to be a joke about him wearing sunglasses. But it was very poorly set up and poorly delivered. And, 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 it's, and it's something that Ryan Reynolds takes specific credit for improvising. Good, good job, Ryan. You earned your fucking yeah. paycheck. He was like, "Yeah, that was one of the lines I, I uh, improvised." He's like, "We're not impressed, Ryan. Go fuck yourself." Oh my god. We, uh, well, I, I said when we started this podcast that uh, there's going to be some fallow ground. Like, there's going to be, we're going to have our dark age that we have to go through. We've arrived. It, it, we, we've hit it. <laughs> 
Definitely next next one we're doing. I'm holding out hope for Mantech. Holding out. So that said, I don't know how much left we have to say about this film, but oh oh wait no start... I've got I've got one last thing before uh, before, before we, get we go uh, thoughts. okay yeah yeah one last thing smoke Louis six thank you <laughs> yay. yay so final thoughts Dooge, we'll uh, we'll start with you. Smoking is bad for you. Smoking is... <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Good. A, a message for the children. <laughs> Kids, don't smoke. Only dopes use dope. I, I do... I love... I love, by the way, the scene where... The one scene Blade has with the child. Where the child asks him... Why are you so mean? Or something like that. Blade's response is, Because the world's a mean place. Oh, I do have I do have one more thing to say. Yes. Don't fuck with my thing. Just don't fuck with my thing. Everybody knows movies are full of shit. <laughs> yes. Also, and this is relevant to who did the music, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. That is true. Everyone knows that. Yes. Derek, the RZA did the music with somebody you, else. I don't remember the other one. Do you have anything left to say about this film? I, you know, this honestly, this movie took a little bit of my soul. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Like, to me, the worst thing a film can be, the absolute worst thing a film can be, is boring. Yeah. And this film was extremely boring. Or at least I found it incredibly boring. Um, it's time of my life that I will never get back. Um, and it, it was it was spent trying to find something to talk about for this podcast. And the fact that the bulk of that substance was Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> there's something incredibly depressing about that. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds should not be the bulk of any substance. No. No. Bester, final thoughts. Alright, uh, let's see, a couple things. One, uh, I really like the credit design. Uh, uh, both the beginning and the end credits, they have this very nice, um, like, red smoke effect going through the shots, and they, like, will stop on a, they'll have, like, a freeze frame of a character's face, and will go into this very nice kind of, like, almost charcoal drawing effect mm-hmm. on their mm-hmm. face. Uh, and I just remember, like, when the movie started going, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice design for the uh, credits. And they sort of recurred it again at the end. Uh, so that was something I quite liked. Um, and I think, I think this is a movie... I feel like every so often I will watch a movie that uh, I can see the potential of so much that I'm willing to forgive the fact at least to some extent, that it doesn't meet that potential. Like, there are some movies where I go, like, this could have been a great movie, and I want to like it. And I feel like there's enough potential here. As I said earlier, like, if you... If, like, up until the very point when Ryan Reynolds burst through that window, up until that, like, two-way mirror smash... Like, obviously, there were some things that were still going a little off the rails, particularly in terms of how the vampires were doing, because Parker Posey and Caitlin Keith or any and Triple H were being crazy. Um, but, like, if if you took the first half of that movie 
and then went in the direction that I wanted it to go, uh, I would have fucking loved this movie. And I can almost forgive it, almost, for not quite hitting that. You are in so a I, really forgiving mood today. <laughs> I am. I like Derek was talking about it taking taking a piece of the soul. This movie did not do that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't necessarily like it, but I've I've been in places where movies have taken pieces of my soul. I was. I literally got sick from watching Red Zone Cuba the first time. That <laughs> you shit did. I remember happen. that. I did. It happened. That fucking movie made me sick. And that was with that, the MST3K commentary. It sapped my will to live. Um, I have been there. I did not, I mean, I was, I was, yeah, I was boring, but it wasn't so boring that I was like, ah, oh, the way that Hulk was. Hulk was the sap my will to live. This is so boring movie yeah. that we have watched so far. For me, Hulk at least, at least had stylistic ambition. I mean, yeah. to me, like, yeah. this has been my least favorite film so far. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not willing to go that far. I, I think it's probably fairly middle of, the, middle of the pack for me, I think. Dooge. Dooge. Final thoughts. Okay, so one good thing came out of this film in that in 2004, I was working at a movie theater, uh, which shall remain nameless, uh, and there was a very cute girl... Uh, a redhead and her friends came in uh, and bought tickets to this film. And later I found out that they were likely inebriated during this whole experience. But they went into Blade Trinity and became so bored and turned off by the film that they came out into the lobby and uh, decided to talk to me and one of my friends. Uh, and unusually amongst female interactions with uh, me and my friend and females, they were speaking primarily to me instead of to my friend. So I ended up becoming friends with this girl and hanging out with her a few times and, you know, it never went anywhere romantically. But uh, regardless, I made a friend out of it and we're still Facebook friends, although I haven't seen her in many years. But uh, so I still have some positive association with this film that has absolutely nothing to do with this film. So Blade, Blade Trinity somehow in a tertiary way, enhanced your life instead of yes. sapping your soul. This is true. Your life is better for Blade Trinity. There is mm-hmm. karma to the universe. What I yeah. lost from this film, you gained just <laughs> ten years ago. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> no, for, for my final thought, I do want to take a minute, because you, you're right, Nick. We... we we kind of went through this without talking a whole lot about the vampires. Because they kind of don't matter to the movie? They don't, but I still <laughs> do want to give Parker Posey a little bit of credit. Just, yeah, just... she's... It's a weird performance. It's mm. very strange. It is, and she, like... You... But it's also kind of entertaining. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can tell that her... Her, her take on this, I, I don't think that at any point in this film, any of these actors, certainly not Wesley Snipes or anyone else, but I don't think that any of these actors thought to themselves, God damn, we're making a great movie. <laughs> so, so my final thought, uh, again, uh, Parker Posey, like no one making this film thought they were making a good film. I refuse to believe Dave Goyer thought he was making a good film because Dave Goyer at oh, least I had the taste. Well, at least he had the taste to write the first two Blade films and then go on to write like Batman Begins. Like he's not an okay, objectively bad writer, but 
Though he is probably the one person involved who might have thought it was a good thing. If someone did. that's pro- Well, Ryan Reynolds might not have known. Um, <laughs> Didn't he also write Man of Steel? Uh, Goyer? He may have written the story. I don't know if he wrote the screenplay. Okay. Um, but the... Um, that said, given that no one really thought this was a good film, at least Parker Posey decided to be interesting in this film. Um, and, and that extends to her line delivery, which is alternatively Southern and Midwestern. Um, the completely disinterested expression that she has on her face at all times. Her increasingly preposterous hairdo. The fact that yeah. she spends a good portion of this film crouching on tables and shouting. <laughs> and her... And- her ab- and a good portion yelling, Hannibal, Hannibal King! King! <laughs> and her, the, this this was the point where I kind of like threw my hands up in celebration. When they have Ryan Reynolds chained up and are interrogating him, and she starts beating the shit out of him with these incredibly intense downward slaps that she's doing before <laughs> kneeing him in the balls... God, God bless you, Parker Posey, for doing what we all wanted to do throughout the <laughs> yeah. entire running time of this film and beating the shit she, out of Ryan Reynolds. Yes, she and Triple H got to all live our dreams. They, they got to beat up Ryan Reynolds. Did. <sighs> so I think it is safe to close the book on Blade Trinity and on the Blade film series. Now, the series would continue in a single-season television series on Spike, uh, not starring Wesley Snipes, but starring rapper Kirk Sticky Fingers Jones as Blade. Is that the star of Love and the Bullets? I need to check this. Wasn't there also a made-for-TV film called House of Cthong? Which I believe was, there was like a tie-in the pilot. Yes. Yeah. was like the pilot for that. But yeah, it was... If we if we ever when we're done with this do a uh, a Marvel TV podcast, we'll obviously have to include Blade. Obviously, which I already own since it came in my Blade DVD film four pack. Yeah, it's uh, so it's a television series based on Blade, creatively called Blade the Series. (laughs) No, Love and a Bullet stars Treach. Oh, I thought you were going to say it starred Common. No, the, it would be a better no, movie common to start awesome. Common. Yeah, Common would be fantastic. So, uh, th- this is our farewell to Blade for now, but the rights to the series after this film did revert back to Marvel, and there is a rumor, nothing more, that Wesley Snipes is currently preparing to star in a fourth Blade film under the Marvel banner. How do we God, feel I about it happens. this? I hope it happens. Derek, I'm fine how do you... with it. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Absolutely. Yeah. This needs to be redeemed. Yes, <laughs> definitely. This can't be the final word? Cannot no, be it the can't be. There needs, I mean, I think, there needs to be a Rocky Bla- Balboa of the Blade series. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Blade is an interesting enough character that he deserves to be done again. And at least, at least at this age, I don't think there's anybody else who is... Qualified to be uh, to be Blade, other than Wesley Snipes. Oh, like no. If this were like twenty years, if this were like twenty years from now, and he were 
you know, much older, I might go, all right, it's too late for him to be played. And if there were a, but, a person obviously in a position to replace him, we, we talked about with the, the first film, like, mm-hmm. who could you cast in this role but Leslie Snipes? Right. Yeah. I mean, I can think of some awesome people who would do it, and it would be, a, but it would have to be a very different... Donald Glover! I was just going to say <laughs> Donald Glover, but later in his career, once he establishes himself as more than a comedic actor or more than a rapper. Well, this, I could see, this like, movie. Idris Elba. That would be a dramatically different... It would be a very uh, different character, but... Yeah. but the, I think it, I think it would work really well. Yeah. Idris Elba it, would, it would require going completely... It would, it would require having to essentially redefine the character, because nobody knows Blade outside the context of these. Yeah. Or almost nobody knows Blade outside the context of these movies. Yeah. This is What's, the reason anybody knows Blade. Uh, God, I can't remember his first name. Would the... Would the actor... Who, yeah, the actor who plays... Uh, Avon? Uh, yeah, Avon Barksdale. Yeah. Okay. Or the guy who plays Bunk. <laughs> <laughs> he's a uh, he's a chubbier blade. He's a blade who's grown soft. Oh my god! How do, how have I forgotten his name? Uh, um, Wendell Wendell Pierce. Wendell Pierce. Wendell yeah, Pierce. yeah. He, he was wa- he was also great in Treme. He just wants to sit home with his wife, watch TV. <laughs> All right, I'm looking at sticky fingers now. You can do it. Uh, but no, I would want. I would want. Uh, what's his name? Common. Uh, Wesley Snipes back. Donald Glover. Donald could do. Wesley Snipes. Wesley, Wesley Snipes still the man for the job. I mean, if if we get to a point where they're doing a reboot and it's like as long as it's been since the Star Wars movies, we don't need to drag him off the way that they're doing with you know all the original people from Star Wars. Yeah. If we're at that point where Wesley Snipes is an 80 year old man, he should not be playing Blade. But for at least for the next, I don't know, five, ten years, he is still totally the person to play Blade. We're still searching for our replacement Blade. (laughs) (laughs) As long as he still has uh, tax bills to pay, then I'm sure he's going to be playing Blade. Yeah. Oh, that's true. There's an an added motivation. Wesley needs the money. So that that uh, that brings us to the end of the Blade series for now. But don't worry. This is far from the end of Cinema Excelsior because... We've got another film that we have to do next time. Guys, uh, this is the dark age of these films. And this is, I remember from the first film when we canonically said, oh, that's the film I'm not looking forward to. Uh, <laughs> it was always this one. Yeah, this has always, always been the one. Even Daredevil, I was like, I would like to see Daredevil and see it again and watch the director's cut. Even that, which was one of the worst movies I've ever seen when I saw it the first time. Oh, Even God. that I was excited to watch. Yeah, I really yeah. It's uh, nobody's happy. Although th- this this does no. earn the distinction of being the first and only Marvel film with a female protagonist. This is true. We're gonna watch uh, Electra. Nobody, nobody's happy about it. Nobody no. wants to watch Electra. Um, oh my god. Two thousand. But then Man Things after that, and Man Thing might be good. <laughs>